I am so glad for 2021. I've had enough of 2020. So I'm looking forward to uh, what this year is, is bringing. But um, so happy to be with you today. Love that last song. It's a newer song. That was awesome. I could have sang that about four or five more times. Uh, but just great. It's great to sing about Jesus, isn't it? Because I'll tell you, if you've got anything to sing about, that's something to sing about. Jesus is Lord. And let's sing about that. Let's welcome our online crowd. God bless you guys. So good to have you with us. If you're new to TLC or new to True Life Church, if you stop at the guest kiosk on the way in uh, and you fill out that connection card, we'll give you, uh, we are not going to come to your house or bug you or call you or anything, but you get a free t-shirt. Those that are watching online, you can come to service. We'll make sure that we get you a shirt as well. And we're just glad to, to have you uh, with us, whether online or here in person. Our numbers are starting to gradually grow uh, again, and we're thankful for that. And uh, we, we just want to talk about some stuff today. We want to start into where we're at. Now, as a, as a pastor, I could speak about a lot of things. I could speak about vision and, and uh, goals, and, and we've done that in years past, and that's all good and under the direction of the Lord. But what we want to talk about now is stuff that we are walking and living in right now. And so I, we're going to talk about end times. And so for the next, I don't know how many weeks, we'll see how the Lord does that. We're going to talk about the book of Revelation uh, uh, we're going to just see where God is, is taking us and, and what we need to understand what we're doing now uh, and where the Lord wants that to happen now for us. Because there's questions out there, so those that are watching online, uh, you want to tune in, you want to share this maybe with your friends as we're looking into that, that final book of the Bible because people are asking, is this, you know, are we in the end times? Is this what's going on? But let's, you know, we, first service went well, but I, you know, the Lord's just prompting and and just helping Pastor Kim and I just navigate through this because we're all walking through it together and trying to figure out, Lord, what do we want to do? So I want to give you something that he wants you to know relevant about what you're dealing with. He told me just a few days ago, he told me, he said, stay close to me and don't be afraid. Those were, that's exactly what he said. That is verbatim of how he spoke it to me. Stay close to me and don't be afraid. And, and some of that you might be like, oh my word, what's going on? No, I, and I don't feel it was like a, you know, like because, you know, there's going to be, you know, there, are, there is stuff going on, make no mistake about it. But it was more or less just staying close to him because how many knows that God is going to be your guide in this? His spirit is going to be the one that helps you navigate through what we've never walked through before. We can say all we want, we're going to do this and that, but I'm telling you, you need to be careful who you follow because the one thing you need to follow is God. And, and watch who you're listening to because if they're not talking right with the, about the book, if they detour from that or they're saying anything, and I said, including myself, I'm not going to do that, but to the best of my knowledge, I'm going to say everything that the Bible says, but you need to just stay with the Bible because there's a lot of voices out there. You need to tune that frequency to, uh, to God and to his word. And so let's get started. Let's pray real quick. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for revelation knowledge about what you're going to do today and that many lives will be changed because of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So, you know, are these the end times? That's the question. People are like, I mean, I think we're seeing, I mean, this could be, who's going to be the Antichrist and what's going to happen? And, da, 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 da. and revelation is one of those books that it's just, it's, it's huge, it's big, it's deep. There's a lot of symbolism, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of straightforward, here's what it is, and you know, there's so many things, and so it has a tendency to almost be, I don't know if I want to touch that because it is so big, but God is saying, listen, is he not big? 
And I'm telling you, in, in his relationship, no matter, God is infinitely, I mean, he's, he's so big, he's, he's, you can't get an end to him, and we are touching him because he's touching us. Let's jump into this and just know that God will help us understand what we need to know. And so that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at all of this. Um, how close are we? You know, some of that to be exact, I cannot tell you. I can't give you an exact day, and people all oh, we should know the season. I get that. We could maybe say the season, but again, we're going to look at some things that maybe our season and his season could be very different. But again, we want to say, God, how do we do this? How do we calculate how we live in such a time? Are you over this whole COVID thing? I'm over it, man. I mean, I, you know, we got to do what we got to do. I get it, but I, you know, whoo. I keep walking in places. I, got, I have a mask in my back pocket. I don't know how many times lately I've walked in for God to put my mask on. I was just talking to Ron, saying, you know, and then I start carrying it in my back pocket because then I don't have to walk clear back out to my car and get it. So, oh, yeah, I got it in my pocket, and I put it on. You know, but it, it is just one of those times where you're just like, ah, oh, Lord, I want this to be how it was in ways when you were growing up. Has it changed some since you were growing up? Come on. Oh, boy. Uh, but because we're believers in this 21st century, we find it easier to believe than any other generation. This could be the time Jesus comes back, at least either in our lifetime or in the lifetime of our children. It could be in this generation because we could be living when the rapture of the church happens. Wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, you might be like, no, but I'm telling you what, I'm going. I mean, I want to go, and it, I mean, now I get to be forever with Jesus and those that love him and have served him. We do believe that Jesus is coming back to take us to heaven to his Father's house. He is preparing a place for us. We do believe that. The Bible says that I'm 60 years old, and I know for a fact that there are people in this room that believe he's coming back in this generation. I know there's people that are watching me online that are saying, I think we're getting close, and we very well may be getting close. It could be while I'm speaking. How many were alive when they predicted there were people that were going around predicting uh, the great return of Christ in 1988. They even had a book about it, and there were people that were adamant about that. I mean, if you didn't believe that, they were already telling you, you're not going to make it. You're just not going to. And they were tell, trying to tell our church that. They were, you know, and there was just stuff, and we were like, you know, so it would, it would bring in a little bit of fear because we're like, okay, you know why? Let me just explain. You couldn't find it in here. There is no place in this Bible that will give any man the day that Jesus comes back. Or that you, you, don't, you can't find it. Jesus is waiting on the Father to say, go get him. So we have to understand, we have witnessed some people, that, and, and, and I think at least they were in the Word. Okay, let's look at the bright side. They were, at least they were reading the Bible, they're in the Word, and that was their interpretation of that. But sometimes it doesn't, it causes more harm than good if, and we've all, I think, if we've walked with God for any time, have you ever missed God? I know I have. You know, or we've said some things, believe something, this is what's going to happen, and then it happened differently, or whatever. But we have to say, that's, that's the great thing about grace, and forgiveness, and, and Jesus. We need to grab a hold of where we are right now. Let's, I want us to look at three questions today, and these are the questions we're going to look at a little bit. What is the outline of Revelation? I'm going to give you, and I'm going to do everything as simple as I can. 
So for the next several weeks, we'll see how long the Lord takes this, you know, and, but we're going to look, what's the outline of Revelation? Secondly, what do I do with the different interpretations of that? Because Revelation comes with a lot of different things. And number three, why should I believe it? Why should I believe Revelation? So we got it, outline, and different interpretations, and why believe. Look at Revelation 1.19, so mark this verse. Verse 19 gives us a simple outline of the entire book. It's interesting, and it's super useful for understanding this book. Jesus says to John, write down what you have seen, both the things that are now happening, or that are now happening, and the things that will happen. Revelation 1.19. There's three things to write down, past, present, and future. First, write down what you've seen, past tense. John saw Jesus, that's chapter one. Second, write what is now, that's present age, current time period. Chapters two and three, we'll see a picture of the present church. And then an overview of the church age and what Jesus thinks of the church, good or bad. So we're gonna look at that. Third, what will take place later, that's future. And that means end times, and that's chapter four to the end of the book. Um, so the Greek phrase used for that later, that word later, is metatauta, T-O-U-T-A. I don't know if I pronounced that right. And chapter 4 begins with the exact phrase, that metatauta. It kicks off the end times. So we, that's kind of where we're going. So we got it. We're going to look at the outline. We're going to try to figure out all of what that is. We're going to look at present. We're going to look at past and future. So we're going to look at all of those in the books that that goes with. So what we've seen in chapter 1, what is now, the church age, chapters 2 and 3, and what's going to take place later, the end times. That's chapter 4 to 22. So that is answering our first question, because if you're wondering, like, where's PB going, what's he doing, that's what we're doing. Here's question number two. What do I do with the different interpretations of it? Because there are some that say this and some that say that, and different teachers will give you different meanings. And prophecy is a lot sometimes like a movie preview or a, you know they'll do a teaser trailer to get you to go to the movie you'll see something you ever been to a movie and it's not like at all what the trailer made it look like sometimes that's really disappointing we took our kids to a drive-in movie one time i know what the movie is so i'm not going to say it but you know we thought it was all going to be real all cute and fancy but there was a mean guy in it and it was scary and it scared mal and and we were like ah oh, we just felt terrible because we didn't even know that it wasn't in the trailer i'm here to tell you this morning if you were just watching the trailer God's bigger than the trailer. There's going to be things that aren't in the trailer that you're going to be like, I wish I'd have known that. Well, he's telling you, and it's in the book. It gives you hints and peaks, and we all try to guess the details. My wife is good. She's very intelligent. She can see something and goes, I'll tell you right now, that guy's a bad guy. He's going to come around, you're going to, you know, or whatever. Somebody always, is there, do you know anybody that can do that? Sometimes I don't want to know how to do that because I want to enjoy the movie. <laughs> but in the end, you want the bad guy to get it. So, but that's kind of what we're looking at. But the only one who knows the real whole story is the author. The one that made the movie or, or wrote the movie or directed it or whatever, that's the one that you want to know. So we can disagree about the Bible. People can say, oh, this and this, and there's, there's speculation, there's pre-trib, mid-trib, Post-trib, before tribulation, he's coming back. During the tribulation, the seven-year tribulation period, he's coming back. That's mid, and you know, post is after. You're going you're gonna to have to endure all that. And there's people that have all these different things. And we can agree or disagree, but let's get one thing straight. The one detail that we need to understand, the person that knows the whole story 
is God. He's the author. So that's why it's so imperative that we stay close to the Father. When he said, Brett, you stay close to me and don't be afraid. You stay close to me and don't be afraid. Don't fear. You stay close. I'm just saying that's so important. When we were in ministry at one other church, we, we started to, you know, went there and we lived in a camper. And so we were in this camper in a valley and then the valley flooded. <clears throat> and I literally had water up to my knees walking to get my kids in and out of the camper. And they, they wouldn't let us move the camper. And we, of course, you couldn't go down and really get it because it was like Swamp City. We could have been a sitcom, you know, swamp people. <laughs> but anyway, we had, unbeknownst to us, we had a, a parishioner that decided to go and just rip the campground person they were, you know, and just told him off and, and used colorful language to do it and supposedly representing her and I. And so when we went back, I went back to try to say, hey, can we, get to, can we just move to it? Because there's nobody else in the campground. So we're like, can we just move to higher ground? I had Sam with me who was about this high, and this guy just gets right in my face. I mean, like, dude. And he is blowing my hair back, and he's using colorful language. I don't even know what he's talking about. I'm just trying to say, hey, can we just get the trailer and move it somewhere? You know, and he is like, round and round and round. I want to call your superiors, and I'm going to tell you, you don't. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, I already had the number of you know, what organization I was with as far as uh, church went. And I said, here's the number. You want me to, I'll give it to you. And I had a card, and I handed it to him. And I just tried to diffuse that whole situation. I remember taking my son. And my son was looking at him because I think, you know, even when you're little, you're thinking, daddy's going to fight. I didn't want to fight. I mean, but I'm just, and so I just took my son and I just moved him behind me. Now, the reason I'm telling that story is because I want you to get this picture. There's a lot of stuff going out in the world that you didn't do it. You didn't cause it. You didn't even know about it. But yet it's happening and it's in your face. And God is saying this. I got it. Stay close to me. You see, when I put Sam behind me, his little face that was like, oh, went to like, he's okay now. Why? Because he's close to dad. There's a lot of stuff going on out here that people that don't know Jesus and people that do know Jesus are, are going, oh, my word. But there's answers that need to be said, and so we're going to look at that. We have to understand, even if people disagree, God is the author and the interpretation that matters most of this is God's. You can have the New Living, the King James, you can have, what does God say? Just, and you might, well, isn't that God's? I'm not here to argue what interpretation you like, so please, no letters. All I'm saying is, if God said it, that's your fine. That's your final. That's where you get it. Focus on what the Bible says above any teacher, above what I say, whoever, anybody that claims to be this or that, it all has to line up with the word of God. Keep your focus on the, on the main thing. So what about Revelation? Here's the basic disagreement. Some of the, and I'm just pulling some things out. Some people say it's an allegory. It's like a, a myth with a moral. Others say it's events that will really happen or have happened and it's already past tense. And, and again, mid-trib, post-trib, past-trib, before-trib, oh, tribby, tribby, tribby. 
I do believe it's about real events. There is some symbolism in there and symbolic language and, and real things and what will happen in the future. And I, you have the right to disagree, so I respect your disagreement. That's okay. Uh, but this is what we need to understand. So if somebody says, no, I don't think that, then listen to what they're saying. Understand maybe where they're coming from. doesn't mean you have to agree with it. Do you ever love somebody but don't agree with them? Still love them but don't agree how, you know, what their stance is on this or that or whatever. Okay, understand, and then decide what you believe. When you decide what you believe, what you take from that conversation, you line it up with the Word of God. If it goes contrary or doesn't agree with the Word or goes opposite of it, then you know, I don't believe that. You should still love the person. You can still respect their opinion, but it's wrong. People are like, you can't say that. I just did. Because if it goes against the word of God, it's wrong. And so that's why when people are like, oh, you were just so adamant about candidate and this and that. and one, The only reason it wasn't because of the person. If you voted for somebody because you just didn't like the one person, that's emotional. You know how we voted? Because of what that stands for. So that's the only reason. So we voted for issues that stood for what the Bible said. So again, I'm not sitting here trying to beat that bandwagon, but I'm just saying the word is your final authority. If revelation is about the future, why should I believe it? That's our last question, and we'll just move through some of this. That's a good question. Uh, A lot of people predicted the end of the world and were wrong. They tied their predictions to revelation. They'll, you know, they'll... But all that, but with, there's false predictions, and you, you've seen things. We just talked about you know, Jesus coming back in 88, and they believed that was totally true. So why should we believe? Let me just say some things. If you go to a store, have you ever seen anybody take a $100 bill and hold it up to the light? Because they've trained their cashiers to know a counterfeit $100 bill or whatever, 50 or whatever, because there's something that they're looking for that one either has or doesn't have. And you can't see it almost from the naked eye. You have to put it under something to see it. And that is what the enemy does. He comes in, and it looks real, but there's counterfeit involved. And the only way that you're going to see the counterfeit is you have to hold it to the light. Come on. You're going to have to hold it to the light of the word. So if it lines up with the light of the word, then you're good. But if you hold it up and you can't find the word in it, and it still looks good, leave it alone. Because it doesn't line up with the word, because that is your final authority. Everything the enemy does, he tries to look like the real thing. Enemy is always a copycat. He's never the real deal. Did you know the Bible has, has predicted future things and it has, it has actually done it accurately? I mean, there's stuff that they found out. They've dug up stuff from Jericho, the walls, and they're like, I, I mean, scientists. There's people that don't believe the Bible that try to prove the Bible false. Then they believe the Bible because they get saved during it because they can't prove it false. But they dig up stuff, and they're like, wait a minute. For this to happen, and I don't know how all this works, but they're like, these things had to fall like straight down. Now, how they figure all that out, but they're not trying to figure out to to state a case. They're just stating facts. Come on. They're just saying, they're not saying yay or nay. They're just saying, this is what this is. 
and they take that for face value. We take things as whatever the word says, and we, now listen to the, the just shall walk by faith. And so we take things by a faith perspective. We don't have to see them to believe them. We believe them, and then we see them. If the Bible says that, that's what we believe. There are people out there that don't work or operate that way, so they don't do it that way. They have to have the facts. So these people are fact finders, and they find that, but they can't discredit it. They can try, but they can't because they come out to be proven true. The Bible has been more accurate than anybody can. I mean, it stood the test of time, and think of how many thousands of years that has been. The Bible predicts many times that the nation Israel would be scattered around the world and would someday regather in a homeland. And Jesus said that'd be a key sign the end times were near. And for centuries, Bible readers argued over whether it was literal or figurative. And there, you know, there's people that say, I'm a scholar and I say this and I say that and whatever. But in 1948, it happened. Israel got its literal homeland. Now, I'm not going into detail, but I'm just saying the Bible already said that's going to happen, and it happened. So science is good, history is good, prophecy is good, empires, wars, rulers, even exact dates, all told in advance. And if you want more, look at Daniel. In the book of Daniel, especially chapters 9 and 11, it's amazing. God starts pulling things out of there, and it's just like crazy cool. Through the Word can guide you. You can believe the Bible. You can believe Revelation. There's no fault in it. It's all truth. It's all God. And they can't dispute it. They can try, but there's too much proof. We just came through Christmas, and it was a different Christmas, and many families didn't celebrate. We didn't have all our family together. Some were, you know, stayed home because of COVID, and I get that and respect that. But in there is a song that we sing, and in part of that song it says, and the weary world rejoices. If there's one thing this world is right now, it's weary. It's weary, weary, not good. <laughs> Duck season, wabbit season, fire. Okay, no, it, but we are weary, we're tired. There's just like, oh, okay, what else, what more? And it all feels a bit overwhelming. Daniel 12, 4 says, But you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end. See that phrase? Until the time of the end. When many will rush here and there and knowledge will increase. Now, Daniel's a Hebrew prophet in the Old Testament. And he's writing what will be later. It's going to be confirmed in Revelation. The Bible confirms itself over and over and over again. So in verses 1 of 3 of that same book of Daniel, at the time Michael, the archangel, who stands guard over your nation, will arise. There'll be a time of anguish greater than any since nations first came into existence. But, all, but at that time, every one of your, of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. Now this is referencing to the book of life. So if you are a believer in Christ, if your name is in that book, you're going to be rescued. So again, bottom line, before, mid, or after, you're still making it. I don't, as long as we're getting where we're supposed to be, I mean, do I want to go through tribulation? Not really. But I'm still good because I've got Jesus. Come on. All right, so uh, let's see, we'll be rescued. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. Now, again, think in Thessalonians, the dead in Christ rise first. Again, Bible's confirming. And then they're talking about the great white throne judgment. They're talking about the, you'll be judged, and, and there'll be some that will, you know, everybody will be judged. So, you know, people are like, oh, no, you won't be judged. No, everybody will be judged. So, you know, if you're a believer, you've made it in heaven, and we'll get there. 
But if you're not, there is going to be a time when you're going to have to stand and be judged. So that's what this is referring to. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like stars forever. So the end times events, it's hard to understand because the signs of the times of what we're seeing is all happening around us. So we begin to go, okay, is this the end times? And we all want answers. But is this not a time when people are running around to and fro? They're here and there. They're, as we would say in the old times, hither and yon. But they're going here and here. And has knowledge not increased? At the click of a button, you can find whatever answer you're looking for. How many remember when you used a dictionary? We would look something up in the dictionary. You don't do that now. You can ask Siri. You can ask Alexa. You can ask Google. And they'll tell you. According to Wikipedia, it says, and, you know, it's just, how many remember this? You remember when we were in school, you went to the library, and they had those catalog card things you pulled out? Hated those guys. <laughs> then you got to go down the aisle and go, well, yeah. Uh, and then you'd have to find the librarian anyway because, listen, I can't find this book. And she'd walk right over and go, it's right here. <laughs> then you'd go, hmm. How many remember this? I got to do a report. It's got to be typed. <laughs> <laughs> Ding. And you do that. See, any kid in the building now, why are you slapping the computer screen? How about phones? Some of you remember phones like this. Barney. Hi, Aunt B. Some of you remember the dial. Remember the... How about the, the buzzers? Remember that? First position. They, they put me in the hospital on, on, uh, on call. for with, Somebody got life lighted. They needed a pastor on call to come and lead them to Jesus or something if they were still awake and you know I could help them or pray for them or whatever. And those would go off at the weirdest times. And I'd never had a buzzer. Man, you thought the Holy Ghost is... Hey! Oh, I just got to go to the hospital. I'm sorry. Got to lead somebody to Jesus. Help me. Well, my point is this. Knowledge has increased. We have knowledge all around us. And because of that time in the end, it's coming faster than we think. And just because if some people were wrong about the return of Jesus, it should not phase us as believers. They're people. They're human. You're human. You make mistakes. Grace. And let's move on. It's got to go with the book. We must stay focused. Things are happening that are setting the stage for this final exit, though. I will say that. Israel's being reestablished as a nation. Russia's hate for Israel as well as Arab allies. China's now a player on the chessboard. You know, and remember when we all, now see, I remember when we got TVs. And ours was a black and white. And remember when we got a color TV? And I remember telling my friends, we got a color TV. That was cool. And remember, we all watched The Wizard of Oz at the same time, if we were in that time channel, or Charlie Brown Christmas. We all, the, the world watched it in their time zones, but really basically the same time, same day. Now, you can live stream, you can, you know. What I'm trying to tell you is, we have got the knowledge. With the technology today, 
If Jesus came back while I'm speaking or whenever, all the prophecies for him could be re- fulfilled. I mean, just, it's just crazy. I can't guarantee when he's coming back. I don't know. He could tarry one more day. You know, we say, well, he could tarry one more day. Well, one more day to us is 24 hours. That's not what it is for God. To God, that's a thousand years. Second Peter 3, 8, but you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. I do believe that it could be in my lifetime. I believe prophecy is important to God because it helps us follow him. It helps us grab on to what we need to know for an answer. 30% of the, wor- 30% of the world, of the, let me get this out here, 30% of the word, or nearly 30%, is dedicated to prophecy. It gives us at least two bits of information. It, gives us, it tells us the future. It lets us know that God keeps his word and his promises. I used to always tell my kids, I promise, because Mal would be always the one to ask me, Daddy, do you promise? And if I promised, it's, it's set in stone. If I said we're going on a picnic, and she would say, Daddy, do you promise? And if I said I promise, she would go up and start packing stuff because Daddy always keeps his promises. We need to understand, just like when I pull Sam behind me, we need to understand there's safety in the Father. There's safety under his wings. The promises are with him. Some of us think that we can live clear out here and get all the promises of God. That's not how it works. You have to stay connected to the Father. I could give you scripture. I could talk about the vine and the branch, and if you're cut off from that and and how that withers and dies, you have to stay connected to keep into what God is doing. The Old Testament is more than 100 prophecies that talk about the second coming of Jesus to set up his kingdom. More than 100. We, we know if we're believers, we know he's coming back. That's one of the things we hang on to. We believe is true. We have told our kids. He promised he would. He always keeps his promises. He promised, listen to this, five times more often about his second coming than he promised to come the first time. That's huge. So if you're a baby Christian or a veteran Christian, he wants all of us to believe in him and to believe in his word. 1 Thessalonians is a book all about end-time events. Every chapter is some kind of reference to Jesus coming back. And Paul taught Thessalonium. Uh, he taught that church about prophecy, and he did it in the first three weeks. He would have did it in four, but they ran him out of town before the fourth Sabbath. So he talks about the rapture, the Antichrist, the wrath to come, the more events of the future. And that's what happens because of stuff that's, that is coming, it scares people. And it scares ministers, it scares pastors. And, and, and here's what you need to understand, as a pastor or a teacher or a minister, I have to be accountable for what I teach you. More than, you know, and you have to be accountable, listen, for what you hear and what you believe. So it is a two-way street. I have to be good at what I'm doing, and you have to be good at what you're hearing and believing. You have to decipher You know what you filter that through? You filter it through this. If I tell you anything that's not like with this, don't believe it. Now, I'm not going to do that. That's not my heart. But if I would ever tell you something that goes contrary to this, you have to believe the word. You know, there's just, nobody wants to be wrong. 
One Christian teacher says this, when plain scripture makes common sense, seek no other sense, but take every word at its basic literal meaning unless the facts of the immediate context show you different. And I say yes to that, but I want to add to that as well. Let God in you. Remember we've talked about your spirit connecting with God. When you, when you ask Jesus into your heart, your spirit connects with God's spirit, and that is the connection. That's how you have the spirit of God in you. That's how you have the comforter. That's how you have discernment. That's how you have all the gifts. That's how you're able to walk and know. That's how you can do what you can do. So that spirit, that God spirit in you must confirm And that peace, the Bible says in Romans to be led by peace. If you have an unsettledness, then hold off. Find out what the word says about that. You might find your answer, and then you're either going to go, nope, not doing that. Or God says, you got it almost right, but you need to do this. You need to be careful of that. Maybe he's trying to tell you, I said this, but there's more. How many would believe that God might have more for you? You might dig a little deeper and he might give you a word. He says there's more. You can get a Logos word. You know what a Logos word is? That's book off the page. That's just printed. That's, I got this. I'm reading this. It's like reading Huck, Huck Finn, Tom Sawyer. But a Rhema word is something that God says, I'm connecting with you. And what somebody else would see and go, Oh, yeah, I understand that. But inside, you're like, whoo, something like fireworks just went off. I'm feeling something from the Spirit of God. He's taking me on a journey, and if I obey, he's going to show me something I would have never been able to find on my own. That's how that works. You want to know how you can live in a time period like this? You have to be led of God. God in you. You know, this is John the Baptist. John the Baptist. That's why Jesus said, among women, this is the kid that, man, this kid has got, he's, he might be wild. He might dress funny. But he's got a lot going on. And this, you know, he says, I must decrease and he must increase. So I got to get more of what God has in me and more of what I have in me gone So that when the God that's bigger in me, the stuff in me that wants to impurify everything is is just now fizzing away and God is saying, yeah. You will see things you couldn't see before. You will see now because you'll get closer to him. Prophecy challenges us to be believers that want to live holier. It's going to challenge you to maybe make some separations. I need to take a break for a while from this, or I need to stop this, or I need to... Because why? Because something is calling me deeper than where I'm at. Because the world is not getting better in ways. There is an agenda. You don't have to be afraid. Just stay close to the Father. It challenges us to live a holy life. It challenges us to witness to more people. I do believe the church is going to grow. One of the reasons is because people are scared because they want to know answers. There's people online right now are saying, talk to me. I, you should share this message with as many people as you can because people are going to be like tuning in because they want to know what God's saying in the end times. It challenges the church to be more mission-minded. How can we win more people to Jesus? You know what? I got to make out an apology. You know, there's times we were just, we wanted people to hear Christ. And I've, I've, I feel bad for saying this. So I'm going to say it, and I'm, I'm online, so this will be fun. <laughs> 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 I, 
But we were, we wanted people to find Jesus, and this is what we were thinking. And now I want you to, I want you to, and I'm, I'm going to say this because I'm, I'm saying I, I believe I did this wrong, so I want to do it right. I think there's a twist, a subtle twist. Doesn't the enemy do things subtly? Okay, and and listen to me, the very elect. If we're not watching, we can miss it. But this is what we were saying. We were saying, and I remember telling Glenn this. I remember, and I and I apologize for it. I think I apologized before, but I'm I'm doing this now. Um, we can't get them in the door because if if the gifts start flowing, it might offend people, and they'll never find Jesus to even learn about the gifts. I disagree with that now. I, 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 don't, I don't think we should hinder the gifts at all. I think that the gifts should flow and that the people need to see the gifts because that's what's going to make you like, I don't even understand. There's things that my kids have seen growing in ministry I cannot explain except God doing it. It's just that God showed up and he did it. And I'd have to tell my kids, it's, the God, it's God, it's a gift. But if we want to stifle that just because we're trying to please people, I'm past that now. I just want to please God. So I, I, I'm sorry for that mindset, and I'm glad that the enemy got off of that, or God helped me peel that away. Let's just say that. In my, in my opinion, you can disagree with that. I, I understand there's an argument, but I don't want to be so seeker-friendly that I forget what we're seeking. Because we can... <laughs> Act like we have the power, but deny it. We don't need that. What we need, we need, a, we need God. We need God in a way that is unmistakably, undeniably, no apologies. It's just God doing what God does. History's got four major events that have happened or will happen. Number one, creation from the beginning of man uh, who's different from, uh, the beginning of man who is different from other creation because man has an eternal soul. So the soul of man is, you know, eternal. It's not like animals, that kind of thing. Uh, the fall of man, Adam and Eve, they sinned, were kicked out of the garden. They disobeyed God, um, brought sin and corruption into the world. And then the people of that time were nasty. Yeah, we think they're nasty. I mean, it's, this is what is kind of like, oh, my. It only took 1,000 years, and the people were nasty. And God said, I'm done. And that's when the only family that was spared was Noah, which leads us to the second major event, was the flood. And this is the place where the battle of evolution comes in. You know the guy that did evolution, that, that came up with that whole theory? I'm not even going to go with his name and all that stuff, but do you know he, he recanted that on his deathbed, just saying. Here's the third thing. The cross includes Jesus' virgin birth and the fulfillment of prophecy, his sinless life, his sacrificial death, and his resurrection. When he died on the cross, the sins of everyone in the world from then, way then, until now to come were covered by the blood of Jesus. And this is actually now we've entered into the age of grace. That's where that event is called. It ends in the last installment. And this is the number four event is the second coming of Christ, the second coming of Jesus. And there's a lot of little events that happen in between all of those. And again, I'm just trying to make these very simple. God wants us to know his plan. I mean, he's not playing hide-and-seek with you. It is for God so loved the world that he gave. He, he, made, he bridged the gap so that we 
can be forever with him. 50% of the 66 books cover human history from Adam to Jesus. 25% is about living today and how to treat others. And 28% is about prophecy. So close to 30% is about prophecy. 1 Thessalonians 4.17, then together with them, we who are still alive and remain in the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we'll be with the Lord forever. Now, in, in the beginning of that, right before that verse, the dead in Christ rise first. We'll meet them in the air, and we'll forever be with him. John 14, 2 and 3, there's more than enough room in my Father's house. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I'll come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. That's pretty amazing. And so it is going to happen. Now, when we're not sure, um, we might know the season or what we think we're, think we're getting into the season, but there is a lot of things going on in the world that point to things happening that the Bible has talked about. The Bible says, and you know, the Word wants us to live a life that still is different from everybody else, that, that God takes care of us. Remember we talked about the Israelites being in the land of Goshen? Remember that? Where God just protected them. There's all these other things going on, but God protected them. Is he not the same yesterday, today, and forever? Hebrews 13, 8. So let's just believe God. He'll protect us and just start walking in that word, walking in that truth and living our lives so people are like, oh my word, that is awesome. Look what God is doing. Look what's happening over here. You know, the Bible tells us about how the enemy said he could do it better and he's this, this, and this, and this, and his rebellion, and he got kicked out of heaven, and a third of the angels went with him. His attempt about, uh, he lies about everlasting life and God's plan. He doesn't want you, the enemy doesn't want you to know that God wants you to win. You choose God, you win. How many uh, know the enemy is a loser and he ends up in a place and, and how he gets there? Ugh. You ever watch a movie and you're like, you're watching and the guy in it is really bad and he's nasty and you're like, I cannot wait. I mean, I know it sounds carnal, but you want to see the bad guy get it. The book tells us how the enemy's going to get it. You could, I want to see that. Now, my wife was a cheerleader. Can you just see? Go, hey, hey, in the lake. <laughs> I could see her doing that. And Jesus is saying, yeah. Can you see Jesus dapping? No, probably not. Anyway, Jesus is known as the second Adam. You know, God's going to put us in positions to reign and rule eventually, according to what we did here and what we believed. That's, that's huge. He was the perfect man who died to atone for the sins of the first Adam as well as everyone. He didn't just promise to come again. That was, you know, it, it is a, a fact. He promised he'll build his church and the gates of hell won't uh, win against it. Come on. Jesus said, I'm not just going to come back. I'm going to build my church. And see, we think that it's just, oh, it's all just playtime. It's not playtime. He's building something. He's building a foundation. Right now, line is being drawn for those that want to be on a builder's schedule, those that want to be in the architectural field, those that want to be the carpenters and say, I'm going to build this. Jesus, I don't even know how to swing a hammer. And he says, I'll teach you. But you got to study. you got to be in the Word. Matthew 16, 18, I say to you that 
that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. All the enemy can conjure up will not conquer it. All of what the devil can do will not conquer it. You shall not pass! The church in general, his church has been persecuted. And there's persecution going off in other places of the world today that I'm sure we're not even aware of. And if we are, some of it is not good. Will it stop? I don't think so. But I do know, stay close to the Father and don't be afraid. We bring such a threat to the enemy. We bring such a, we put a wrench in all his plans. And the enemy is trying to deceive people. You see, when you're deceived, you don't know that you're deceived. And some of you might be saying, well, how do you know? You can't tell me that. You're not the judge in the jury. I'm not being the judge in the jury. Let this be your judge and jury. Don't take my word for it. But obviously, you're taking somebody's. Why don't you take this one? This is God's word. So let's take this. Instead of this is what we do, in America, sometimes we're like, let me find something in the Bible that goes along with what I believe. Hmm. Why don't we just go, you know what, if the Bible says it, I'm just going to believe that. And then we start understanding. Then things start being revealed. Then we, we start seeing the things that God wants us to see. The Bible says that even the very elect will be deceived. And it's happening in our day right now. I'm calling the church to prayer for the next three days. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, would you pray for our, our president? Pray for our vice president. He's got a major decision and stuff that happens on Wednesday. Did you know, which is nuts, but in the, our forefathers, our founding forefathers, when this whole thing started, they put things in place when there's such controversy going on about an election. that. So we need to pray protection. We need to pray for the Lord's will. We just need to pray. So I'm going to ask you for the next three days to say, all right, God. Because, you know, that's how things happen in the kingdom of God. That's how the enemy does things. He gets people on his side to do things. God gets people like us that follow him to say, would you pray? That's how things work. Life and death is in your mouth. There is an agenda. Here's news. The enemy hasn't just decided, okay, I'm going to stop. I've had enough. I'm going to stop. You know when he'll stop? When we all watch with Pastor Kim. That's when the enemy's going to stop. He's not going to stop to them, but I got good news for you. The train of God is not stopping either. God is going to keep on rolling, keep on going. He's going to do everything that he's going to do. Everyone that believes in Jesus Christ and says that word is the final authority is going to make the trip. Your ticket's already been paid. The church has been alive and well since the day of Pentecost, and there's no end in sight. we got two facts. The cross, it's the most famous event in human history, most significant event of all time. Jesus reached clear back to Adam, forward to the last person who will be born even during the millennial round. I mean, he's just got everybody. Because he loves, he doesn't want any to perish. To atone for their sin, he paid the price. Because he was the sinless 
Son of God. He didn't just die for man. Jesus died for mankind. Secondly, we have a choice to make. You can't, you can't make it for somebody else. I have people that ask me this. What about the kids? What about the babies? If they are not of the age of accountability, in other words, they don't know right from wrong and they can't process part of this, of what I'm telling you, you know, we, we simplify things back in kids' town and that kind of stuff, they're going to go to heaven. It's, it's already done. They, there's no work for them to do. Jesus already paid for that. They don't have to figure all that out. Now listen to me. That's why it's so important when we do baby dedication. We dedicate the parents because the parents have to share this Jesus with their children. You know, like I said to Sam, got him back here. Mallory said, Daddy always keeps his promises. Where do you think she has to see because I'm a reflection of him? So my responsibility to my sons and to my daughters and to my wife. I want to be all I can be for Jesus. Everybody has a choice. I can't make it for you. But I don't know when this rapture will take place. There's only two choices. There's people that, oh, God understands me. Do you have an alternate lifestyle? Do you have an alternate choice? Not according to that. And I love you. And I will continue to love you. But not according to that. You have two choices. You have heaven or hell. Those are the two. And we have to be ready. Because the Bible says in the twinkling of an eye. Now, I don't know how fast that is. I don't know if you blink and that's it. But I always love superheroes. I like Superman. I get to fly like Superman. I hope I get to experience that. And I hope I get to wear a cape. <laughs> but however it plays out, I'm going. And I want you to go too. So in the next several weeks, we're going to unfold Revelation a little bit. We're going to talk about the, what Jesus says to the churches, some of the warnings he says. And we're going to get to chapters 4 and on about end times and future and all that. We'll get there. We'll do it together. I won't have all your answers, but I'll make you think a little bit. And hopefully, some of it will get planted from here down to here. Would you bow your head and close your eyes?